With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jay here for Stratford Paddock. This is Off The Bat. Joining me, not as always, but a different co-host today. I've got Mr. Ronaldo Brown. How are we doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing much better now because um, Maynew kind of saved um, my, probably the rest of my weekends, to be honest. Yeah. I, sorry. Because <laughs> I, I can't literally tell you how stressed I was after they equalised. I'm so glad I weren't in it. Caught <laughs> out on camera. I'd be never allowed on camera again. Um, <laughs> off, to, off the bar is brought to you by Green King Sport, of course. And we've got a special guest today from The Athletic, Mr. Carl Anker. Carl, it's good to see you back on the channel. It's been a little while, hasn't it? It's been a little while. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, United, you're a busy guy. United were really busy. You never get more than two days off covering <laughs> this football club. But uh, Joe sent me a text, I want to say, last Thursday, first day in the morning. Went, can you come on? I went, yeah, sure. Um, we can do like a post-transfer window appearance today yeah. or we could do something next Friday and you're like yeah let's do a post transfer window so we're thinking yeah it'd be pretty chill just talking about looking at the squad what possibly can come up with any of us and then things happened didn't they things happened yeah. non-transfer things happened but things happened um, in Wolverhampton um, we'll get into a little bit about the game and Kobe Mainu and, and all the rest of it uh, first of all I'll talk about some of the articles you've written recently you've written one looking at Brian uh, Brobby yes um, Eric Tanag likes him. We've got two questions, really. One, do you like that, the idea of Brian Brobby coming to Manchester United? And two, do you think Eric Tanag's going to get his way with transfers <laughs> moving forward if I can broaden out a little bit? Uh, so, Brian Brobby's an interesting one in that uh, if you subscribe to The Athletic or you've been reading a lot of my pieces for, for a while, you know what very often happens in the summer when there is, I, I do a series called Shopping for Ten Hag. And I go, right, okay, Man United need a position. Here's every single player Ten Hag has used in this position at Ajax, here's everyone he's used at Man United in that. That means he tends to want players that can do X, Y, Z. And then I go, I take all these attributes, I'll put them in the big supercomputer at the Athletic, and I go, here's all the players under the age of a certain blah, 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 who are very good at all those things that Ten Hag tends to like. And you go, every time we do it, I tend to write an article about a centre forward. And every time I've done it, I've written a sentence or two about Brian Brobby. Because Brobby, is what I can only describe as like a young bull of a striker. You know, if, if you watch football in the 90s, those like five foot nine, huge thighs, 
taller muscle, like Sergio Aguero type. Romario type, <laughs> you know they're not they're not the tallest, and you're not necessarily then you're not you know whipping in the corner for yeah. them. But in terms of if they're getting the ball, you know massive backside, yeah, and yeah. Just powerful shots. Brobery is that is of that ilk, and every time you know every single season I looked at him, I went, yeah, you could see maybe one day Ten Hag trying to bring him back. One thing we also know about Brobery is he apparently is one of the you know. He used to make Ten Hag burst out laughing at training sessions in Ajax, which apparently is pretty hard to do. And you know, I've, wow. I've tried my hardest to make Ten Hag laugh, and it's Have not. Have you not got anywhere? No, trying with the Dutch, trying to get there. Really? You know, that's an effort. You, mean, you mentioned earlier how stoic you think Ten Hag comes across as well. Sometimes. Yeah, he's he's just, bit, he does sometimes. Yeah. And I get it. You don't have to be all sort of, you know, Postacoglu or yeah. even, you know, you're talking earlier about Sean Dyche. Even he can be a bit jokey at times when he's not got... Sean Dyche after yeah. a win is the most confident man you will ever meet in your life. Yeah. He walks in, swaggering arms, like, all right, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the funniest manager after a, vic- like, after a victory. That yeah. man is just like... Not not long ball, long pass, long pass. <laughs> was something he told me in, in a press conference. Oh. So he's great. Um, so yeah, Brobery makes Ten Hag laugh. Uh, young bull of a striker. Interest has been there. Brobery's joked on more than one occasion, pretty much three occasions. Like, you know, the Dutch journalists go, Ten Hag's gone to Manchester United. Would you like to be reunited with him? He's like, No, nah, not really. <laughs> Although, could they come back in the summer? Um, so 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 there is. There's not enough smoke for me to call the fire brigade. Right, okay. But we know there is manager-led interest between Brian Brobery and the Ajax striker. Brian Brobery and Eric Ten Hag. And it's yeah. manager-led. I can't tell you if it, if it's if John Murter is is going, oh yeah, great. Or if the data team is going, this will work, or if the scouting team will take this work right now. If there is for, if there is interest, that comes from Ten Hag, because I mean, Eric Ten Hag has a type. Which is uh, if you, have you played in the Eredivisie or have you yeah. played for me? Have you played for me previously? Yeah. Um, now, in the piece I did about Brian Brobery, I, I break down on the athletic what he's good at, uh, and one thing I did I will say is there is a dedicated section if you're listening to this or watching this going another player from the Netherlands I've been burnt before, where I like doubly try and explain which of the which of his skills would scale well. To the Premier League and which ones I think will be difficult. So one thing that's notable about Brobby is he is stronger than pretty much every single centre-back in the Dutch league. Right. Um, and his technical ability is very, very good, but it can be patchy. He, he can be very, very streaky. And he has a thing which I can honest, Luke Shaw does this every now and again, where Shaw is, every now and again, Shaw will take a heavy touch and then you can go, oh God, you can see it in his face like, oh, I've taken a heavy touch. I'm going to have to now just like, Barge that guy out of the way. Yeah. Where you use your physical traits to compensate for, for technical shortcomings you've done two or three times. And um, Brobby does this a lot in the Netherlands where he, because he's so much stronger than everyone else, sometimes he's like, ah, slack touch, I'll just push that guy out of the way and correct it. Which, that's fine. You can do that in the Dutch league. You can do that very well against the bottom half. I don't know if you can do that if he's playing against Ibrahim, Ibrahim Konate, for yeah. example. Mm. So that's one thing that might, that might not scale if he was to come to Manchester United, which again, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, you know, Manchester United, we don't know the financial situation. Having an interest yeah. in something is very different from acting on that interest. Um, and, and one thing I will say, Brobby is incredibly streaky in front of goal. So he's, yeah. he's in the middle of a really good hot streak right now. I think he's got something like seven goals. When I wrote the piece, he had seven goals in his last five games. Uh, two of those games were against bottom half teams and he scored four. 
Uh, and when he <laughs> like, so when he's on it, mm. he's on it. Yeah. When he's not on it, you will want to pull your t-shirt over your head. So yeah. I, I tend to watch Ajax games pretty much every single Sunday unless Manchester United are playing. My partner is Dutch. I can, I'm learning to speak Dutch. There are times in the press conference I'm like, Oi, meneer ten haak, hoe het? And he's like, ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, ah, That's prima. impressive, man. So <laughs> this isn't just me watching highlights of Ajax. This is me having watched Bribery for a while. Yeah. Something that's also got to bear in mind is he did try and leave Ajax before. Uh, his agent at the time, Mino Raiola, sent him off to RB Leipzig. Uh, and then he came back after six months and Raiola went, I got that wrong. I take responsibility for that. Right. Uh, and thinking it was a, a step too soon. So Bribery is a very interesting talent. He's going to be on a lot of European team shortlists this summer. Be- not only is he going to be pretty integral to what Ajax need to do to get from this fifth place bit in the Dutch league to getting close to third. They're not going to win the league. They've no. had a terrible season. I think third's probably the best limit. Mm. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But also, I think you'll probably have a really big role to play in the Netherlands in Euro 2024. I'll probably be watching some of those games in Germany as well. So if, if something happens, I might have a chin bag with him. Probably in English. My Dutch isn't that good yet. But he's a player you should vaguely keep in the back of your mind um, again, no guarantees he's going to move, but he is of an archetype that Ten Hag likes in his strikers. And as we're talking right now, I mean, Hoyland's the only fit specialised number nine. Yeah. And you get the sense of if you were building, if you were in charge of squad building at Manchester United, how many strikers would you want to buy now? One. You, you won't minimum, get one more striker. Minimum, I'd I'd probably I probably want two if I could, but if, at, at least what at one. You need one minimum, but if he could I think, get two, I just don't think, I think so. When you, when you buy one more, where would that? And again, this theoretical striker, are they back up to Hoyland or do they go ahead of Hoyland in the pecking order? Let's pretend, let's pretend I've given you 150 million transfer budget there you go. Like for, this game. for the summer to get however many players you want. How much of it you're spending on a striker and what sort of striker you're getting? I don't. I don't think if you've got a budget of just 150 million, I feel like you'll find it really difficult to get a striker of probably around the Holland age range of his ability and obviously his, um, his prospective potential. Mm-hmm. I don't reckon you can actually justify getting. So you're getting a cheap backup. It's gonna have to, it probably will have to be because you're looking at elsewhere in the team. And I also, right. if, I, th- also, I agree. Also, I think one striker because I know Rashford might not like to hear that, but. Sometimes you have players in the team that are forwards where they're almost kind of, he's almost a striker winger hybrid, isn't he? So like, you, if worse comes to worse, Rashford can play up front in certain games. So this is interesting. So Ten Hag's press conference, the quotes came out at one thirty. These, this was a press conference that was held after the Wolves result, and the quotes got held to one thirty. And he was asked about, did you want a striker in the January window? Uh, and Ten Hag was very honest. He goes, yeah. You know, Marshall's out for 10 weeks. It'd be really useful to have one, but we can't because of financial reasons. Um, but he also said, we have to be a bit creative. We've got Ahmad Diallo and we've got Omari Forson, which I'm like, ah, right, okay. interesting. I, I, too, I was like you thinking Marcus Rashford would probably have to spend a couple of games at centre forward, a couple probably. of sub, you know, second yeah. half performances. But Forson came on at number nine against Wolves. You know, had not four touches, but there were some good touches. Very yeah, technically yeah. secure. And Ahmad Diallo, 
Uh, I'm very, very high on Ahmad, and I have been for a while. Um, we know he can play through the middle from his time at Sunderland, so I'd like to see it for 10 minutes at the end of a Premier League game when United are winning 3-0. Yeah. Are United going to be winning 3-0? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure. Soon. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. You, you <laughs> do that against Newport. <laughs> and you also mentioned the, um, the transfer budget of 150 million. That was just taken out. The yeah, back. taken out. No, but I'm you, taking uh, out the back. Yeah, just, just <laughs> like, no, like there you go. That's in, that's in, in Carl's just said 150 just, million. Nah, no, nah, I'm saying it in a not not like that, but in like in a in a perspective of if that was the budget that we had. Obviously, you mentioned Brian Bobby as being someone that you looked at. I was going to ask you anyway, like what would be the kind of predicted transfer value of someone like Brian Bobby? Uh, strikers aren't cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we're in a strikers come with a certain premium because there aren't too many number nines. You mm. remember those quotes, I remember quotes from, I want to say 2013, maybe 2014 from Marcin Wenger, where he went, we've essentially coached out the number nineness with all our academy systems, and now you probably have to go to, to South America. This is when Higuain was being mm. at Arsenal. He was for years. So we have loads of what you described, that sort of inverted forward. Yes. Basically. That play wants yeah. to play on the left-hand side, but perhaps doesn't necessarily want to play as a number nine. Mbappe is a great example mm. of this. Mbappe wants to be on the nine. Wants, want, like, he, if he wanted to be the number nine, he could probably be 20-goal season player, but he wants to get more touches on the ball. He, he wants to be involved in building. Can even say Martial was probably even that before he obviously got profile more to be He was, he was. Right? Yeah, Martial yeah. only... Yeah. We'll get to Martial later, but Martial only really became a nine because as a number of injuries took a yard mm. of pace out of him. And also because, if you want to be really mean about it, he never paid attention in school. And they went, oh, you just haven't learned how to curve your run from the left. I'm just going to put you in the middle so you have fewer runs to make. Yeah. Um, because of this premium price on, on strikers, I mean, his interim manager, Jan van Schlipt, I've probably mispronounced that. He's got an, he's got an apostrophe in a place that is not where you put apostrophes <laughs> if you're English speaking. Yeah. Um, uh, he said it would take a crazy amount of money uh, for a team to buy him in the January transfer window. And from what we've seen with Ajax and players like Anthony and players like Lissandra Martinez, they're, they're probably going to stick a 50, 60 million price tag on Brobby if anyone wants to come see him. Um, if you are Brobby, okay, maybe. Mm. It's quite cool to go back to Ten Hag. Uh, Brobby's already joked about the fact they used to text, but they don't text anymore because he's got a brand new phone number. This is his personality. He tells these sorts of jokes mm. in press conferences. Yeah. I like him because of this. Um, he said, yeah, we used to text, but not anymore, I've got a new phone. Um, he's just very just. Possibly the Premier League, but also the jump between going from the Eredivisie to the Premier League now. I mean, if if you're any Dutch player, you're probably looking at some of the problems Anthony and other players have had, and going, how do I make sure I'm more like Kudus, yeah, and mm. less like Anthony when I'm going from Ajax or any team in the Dutch league to the Premier League? You're probably also now thinking, mm, maybe I've got to take a, a sideways jump. Maybe I should try and go to Germany. This is what he did going to RB Leipzig first. So again, not not a, not mm. a slam dunk, not a, you know, this is absolutely gonna happen in the summer, but maybe. Um, he'd cost a good chunk of money. He'd be frustrating a lot in those first six months uh, for whatever team he ends up playing for. But he's, he's got all that cult hero-ness, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. funny. He likes getting late goals. He's a cheeky chappy. He works really. He works really hard on the ball. Uh, he's not a great presser, I will say. So again, that will probably have to be refined as well. So yeah, yeah. If, if if I'm sure when the SEO agents hear everything I've said and whack it on the aggregators, they're going to start saying, "Carl Anker says Brian Robbie's going to cost 50 uh, million." Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, no. Just on that, the Ten Hag 
sort of element to it. Do you see going forward him having as much as the same transfers as he's had in the past? Because it, this, the, I mean, you know better than I do, but it looks like he's been able to get maybe not his first choice all the time. You know, obviously what De Jong, but he's been able to get a lot of his choices and players that he wanted and that he knew. I honestly can't tell you what's going to happen in the future. I can say in, in the past. It has been expressed to me by people at Manchester United that it's not just Ten Hag going, I want this player, and then everyone at Man United go off and get it. Um, the example that was given to me was uh, there was a five-player shortlist for centre-back, and of, on that five-player shortlist, Paul Torres was on it, Lissandro Martinez was on it, and other centre-backs were on it. Uh, and I'm not, so, you know, the shortlist was presented to Ten Hag, Ten Hag went, I would like Lissandro Martinez. Most of all, because yeah. you know, I've worked with him before. He's left-footed. I think he'd be very... And you know, Tenog explained it. And then from there, they went off and got Lissandro Martinez. How that worked with other signings, I'm less certain. <laughs> so the, the, the Lissandro Martinez signing had nothing to do with the fact that he, he was said to be on the verge of joining Arsenal around the same time so, as well. So this is the... Uh, I've been covering Manchester United since 2020, full-time. In living in Manchester, so I yeah. moved up here in, in like Man on a Monday in August 2020, and Harry Maguire got arrested in Greece on the Thursday, pretty much. And then you, you got me yeah. on the paddock as like a, hey, this is Carl. He's your new athlete. Yeah, yeah. Right. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And, and the thing I've learned a lot since covering United, living in Manchester and, 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 and talking to other people who have been on this beat for ages. I talked, you know, Andy Mitten, who, who, who set up United We Stand. One thing you always like to say is there are so many versions of the truth. I've heard, I've heard Arsenal's version of this story about we were going to get Martinez and this happened. And I've heard United's version of this story and both of them are plausible. Yeah. So what are very, you know, it's the, <laughs> it's very often the, you go to the gym, you lifted, 60 kilograms I saw you I went yeah he looked like he lifted 55 you're like, no 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 I lifted 65 yeah like, well it's probably in the middle isn't it yeah probably so somewhere. yeah Arsenal okay. probably were interested in Lissandra Martinez because Lissandra Martinez is one of the best left footed centre backs in the world that also meant Manchester because he's one of the best left footed centre backs in the world every single team that wanted a good left footed centre back probably had them in their eye line and therefore of that five person shortlist you take it to Ten Hag you went well here's the players and I was like that one and then you go to IX and you go what's the thing and IX probably went, yeah well you know most people want us so yeah. how much mm. money do you <laughs> how yeah, much yeah, money do you yeah. have um, I can't tell you you know they absolutely moved them from just to make sure Arsenal didn't but yeah I can easily see a universe where Arsenal were also interested in him I'm really I know I shouldn't say it I'm quite sad Yuri and Timber got injured first week of the season because Timber is quality I also think Timber getting injured first week in the season had an impact on a lot of managers at this first half of their season where you saw quite a few managers go, that player is hobbling just a little bit, take him off quickly because yeah. I don't want to have a Timber bit where they're accidentally going to exacerbate something and be out for a lot longer. When did he get mm. injured, Timber? Timber got injured pretty much the first first week. Did he play in the, in the, in the game in America? He did play in he the played in the game, he played he the game in America. I remember shocking, but I thought he did. Very, very good first half for Arsenal's first game of the season. Uh, and then... 
Are again, you, are you selling trade? Again, depending yeah. on depending on who you talk to. Mm. Apparently, you know, at halftime went, mm, my knee doesn't feel right, but I'll give it a go in the second half. Or multiple versions of yeah, the story. Yeah. He kept playing the second half, and then turned out he'd done his ACL, and now he's out for the rest of the season. It's a real shame. He's a great player. Uh, it, it would have been fun seeing him at Manchester United, if only because him and Lissandra Martinez are both shorter than six foot. So um, <laughs> against the grain. Yeah, it, it would have been. It would have been interesting to see what, what various pundits thought of that partnership. <laughs> um, you talked about Martial earlier. Um, mm-hmm. You've written a piece about Martial. I mean, I feel like we say this every summer, but or every year. Is this? Is it the end now? Is this him done? It's fini. Yeah, c'est fini. It's got to be yeah. on it. C'est fini. Hang up the black gloves. <laughs> give, I have the black gun. Give up. <laughs> if, if you still got a Martial FC card, you can give it away. Um, it's just, I'm. Now, this could be me putting two and two together and getting 22. Yeah. But the manner of the swift clarification Manchester United gave when Sky Sports said Manchester United are interested in renewing Martial's contract makes me believe there will be no. We're go- there will be no discussion about extending his right. deal. They've got an extra option, yeah, an additional year. I don't think that's going to be exercised. I think what we're going to see is Martial will re- rehabilitate the next ten weeks from this groin surgery. He'll, that gives us time until I think April. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, he will feature in limited minutes as he gets back or closer to match sharpness, and there will be a, a, a good firm handshake, perhaps a soft hug. Uh, and that will be the end of his nine seasons at Manchester United. Just about missed out on it. What, do you, what do you guys feel about Martial? Because when he came to United, you know, I didn't know a lot about him, but obviously that goal against Liverpool, that first season, the goal against Everton. So much sadness. Yeah. I, so such so an I, exciting player to watch. I was, I was Martial FC for ages. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't a lot. So I was, so Mar- so I was Martial. Yeah, he was massively. He was a, you know, I was Martial FC for chair. ages. I, I was really annoyed by how Mourinho used him and things Mourinho said about him. The, the Alexis Sanchez deal I was quite happy about at the start and then I, I watched United lose 3-0 to Spurs at the Wembley Stadium yeah. so it's like six years ago and Sanchez was on the left uh, and I just went oh my god why have you bought we've just bought another left-sided player Rashford, Martial and whatever they're all and then remember the summer where you know the, I think the season afterwards where Mourinho was really, really, really pointed about the fact that he wanted Ivan Perisic and wanted to get rid of Martial. I was like, no, you've got to keep Martial. Yeah. And then you see the season, you know, the season later, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gets that amazing 20 goal season at Martial. I was like, ha, see, it's yeah. been proven. And then, yeah. But then also, it just makes me really sad. It makes me really sad. You know, if, if you are a Man United fan and you're going, Mourinho was right about Martial all along, okay-ish, yeah. Uh, the problem I have with, with people saying Mourinho is right is you, you also overlook how much Mourinho caused the conditions to make himself right. <laughs> you know, you can picture him doing it. It's the it? thing, yeah. If, yeah. You, know, it's, you know, Mourinho's see where they play, how they play, if they even play. Like, well, how they play is your job, big man. <laughs> if they play is your job. And, and how, like, where they play, again, if they're not performing great and they seem quite downbeat, Kind of your job was always my Mourinho critique, and yeah. I've, I've 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 never been a Mourinho fan to the level of, of, of some United fans. So I always thought this about Martial, but also there was just a point where you went, he can't stay fit anymore. No, and he had a hip injury in March 2021. So this is during the bad Martial season. 
bit. Is this the Sevilla around that, or is it before? No, it's like, before. So, before, it's, that, so this is before the Euros. Oh right, sorry. So right. before the so so you know, he has that terrible game against Sheffield United. Remember, mm. uh, Sheffield United beat Man United two one, and that's that was his last ninety minutes playing in the Premier League, to this day. Really? Yeah. He hasn't played ninety. He hasn't played ninety minutes. He hasn't completed a ninety minutes since twenty twenty. I think you might have told me that start. He hasn't done back to back ninety minutes since a bit earlier in twenty twenty one. Jesus, right. So in twenty twenty one, he is. <clears throat> I'm talking fringes, maybe fifth, sixth choice striker for the French team. For, the French team is quite interesting because Deschamps basically uses Martial as like a a, a bootleg. Mbappe, if for some reason Mbappe can't play, he, he puts Martial on the team and he goes, you are Mbappe today. Because, you know, <laughs> mm, you're in yeah. that sort of position. He's, he's the closest analogue to close, you know. Yeah. Um, but that year, March 2021, he has a hip injury. Uh, and after that hip injury, you're going, oh, he's not going to make the Euros. And then later in March, he has a knee injury and that completely rules him out the Euros. And he's never, never been the same after that physically. Yeah. He's just not been. He's just lost that explosive yard of pace over the first five yards, um, and that, that's a real problem for Martial because the two things he's had over everyone is he finished. He has better finishing ability than pretty much every player at United, yeah. and he's quicker than pretty much everyone. So the physical ability. So when he had that bad season after the good season with Ole, his finishing just went off a cliff. So that meant all of his other weaknesses came to the fore in that he doesn't really have a good appreciation of space. The timing of his runs is quite naive, but he could make up for it because, oh no, I'm in like this really awkward position. I'm going to fall backwards and whack it this way. Oh, it's going to top wins because he just knows how to finish in a way that Rashford doesn't know how to do it. Or, I mean, even Cavani, I would say Cavani's a poorer finisher than Martial right. for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. But that finishing touch went for reasons. He gave a really good interview with France Football explaining that he just couldn't accelerate for the first three months of that season and it just made everything else complicated. It's like, yeah, it made everything else complicated because you don't know how to do everything else. Mm. Um, and then when he has his physical, so this, this physical ability just completely falls down. So he went from being, you know, Martial, again, the goal against Liverpool, the goals against Everton, or Martial at his best in 2017, 2018, all those years was he ran in behind. Yeah. Him, and, him and Rashford getting the ball, running in behind defences, really stretching defences. And, and again, Mbappe, not, not never to the level of Mbappe. He had the thing where if he just stood in a certain position, the defender's like, I have to pay attention to him because if they play the ball into space, he's going to get there before me. Yeah. All those injuries meant, and all those injuries meant Martial just couldn't get there first all the time. So then he went from being a, a, just a thrilling player who could receive running in behind defences to someone who just received the ball completely static. You've seen this season and last season, when he gets on the ball now, he just, he just stands there receives the ball standing up, then tries to take on the player. He's got the close control dribbling a little bit, but he's not got that burst of pace. Yeah. The January Manchester derby, he apparently said the one United went 2-1 two, two at Old Trafford where Rashford did not touch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> never had much controversy right. about that. Yeah. Really, you know, not much was made of that. So in, so in that yeah. game, uh, Ten Hag came after in the press conference. He went, oh yeah, Martial was really important to our planned first half. He told me he could only play we, we knew he would only get one half. Yeah. And in that entire half, he could not sprint. Yeah. He, there was a moment where he was trying to press and he, he moved his arms up and down in that Man. sort of... You, I, remember, I remember everyone going mad <laughs> at that point. When you said he, looks, he, looks, he, looks like he said he looked weird. He looked yeah, weird but like, oh, he's just he's pretending. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's not pretending. I know that's what he was he saying. Just can't do it. He yeah. just can't yeah. do it anymore. That's you like, you know that yeah, you yeah, yeah. go from jogging to sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's been the story of him pretty much on these two seasons on the Ten Hag. 
And and the problem there is because he didn't have the what can only describe as the academic focus on that he needed. He, he should have developed on the Van Hal or on the Mourinho. You can ask questions as to whether mm. Mourinho was offering the academic guidance or on the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It meant when he got into trouble, he had to rely on his finishing ability and his pace. And his pace is gone, and his finishing ability is gone because yeah. his confidence is shot. So he is just so many shades away from the player he used to. And it's a shame, because I, I tell you right now, if there was an 18-year-old in Monaco and he was had all the skills that 18-year-old Martial had right now, you would want him at Man United. Yeah, definitely. You I, make that deal nine times out of 10 for 18-year-old Martial. He had everything you wanted from a attacking player. Yeah. Do you think his career could have went differently elsewhere? Because I know you're talking about the fact that you thought he had a bit of an academic issue in terms of growing his game and developing. I say to um, Jay and Joe and Steve all the time, how many players over the last 10 years of United signed that have been a relatively young age and have actually progressed and improved during their tenure at Manchester United? Very, very few. And one thing yeah. that was also raised an eyebrow from me is how many players come out of the academy and they are in the middle of being a winger and being a number nine. So Rashford came out in the middle of being a winger and number nine. Yeah. The gentleman in Getafe came through in the middle <laughs> of being a winger and a number nine. Yeah. Amari Forston is now in the middle of being a winger and a number I nine. Yana Zai uh, yeah. was more yeah. of a winger. Yeah. Now, you know, they, I am not the most au fait with, with academy coaching and whatnot. And they'll say, we, we don't want to put anyone in a fixed number nine position yet. Well, what would you say about Alanga? Would you class him as that? Or? Probably similar. He had, he, he had games <laughs> as a nine, as a 21 yeah. player. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. So yeah. This seems to be a trade. Now, I, when I speak to people far more intelligent than me that know a lot more about this, they will say, you don't want to make someone a number nine too early. And Fergie used to say, you wait a little bit longer before you tell a player they become a number nine, because once you do, it's like a switch goes off in their brain. Right. Yeah. Toothpaste out of tube. You go, you're going to be a striker for, for Man United one day. You're like, Pfft. I ain't tracking back. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it can, it it's can all about go. Me. Yeah. It can yeah, go, yeah, you yeah. know. It, it, a lot of what I figure out about coach, like from what I understand of coach, a lot of it is like prophecy. Right. Is that it's, it, sometimes it can just be dangerous to tell a player, this is what you're doing a couple of years. Cause then, you know, a couple of years later you're like, but so-and-so told me I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. good example of this is Phil Foden. We're still going, when's Phil Foden going to play in the middle? Despite the fact that he's very clearly better out wide. Yeah. But because someone said a couple of years ago, oh yeah, I think it's going to be the heir to David Silva. He's like, yeah, when do I do? Yeah. We're all like, when's it going to happen? It's all narrative. Mm. Um, now the thing with Marshall and this, I'm being polite when I'm saying academic learning because I, again, I can't tell you if the academic, you know, he wasn't the most academic because the teaching wasn't great or if he wasn't there because the academic learning was because he just wasn't bothered. Yeah. And again, I've spoken to 10 different people and some of them say he's just not asked. And some will say, well, he was, and then this happened and, right. then, he, and then he got distracted. 2024 is upon us, which means a packed schedule of FA Cup, AFCON, and of course, Premier League action. Be the Winter Blues, because yep, yeah, it is still winter, and watch every game with the atmosphere, atmosphere, that's not even a word, atmosphere it deserves down at a Green King Sports pub. Don't settle for a dodgy stream on a little screen where you can barely see what's going on. If it's on the telly, it's on at your local Green King pub across their huge HD screens. That's the way you should be watching football.
If you download the Green King Sport app as well, you'll get 10% off every single drink when there's a game on. What more do you want? Their venues offer a range of low and no alcoholic drinks as well. So just because Dry January is finished doesn't mean you have to drink alcohol if you go down to a Green King pub. Their venues offer a range of low and non-alcohol drinks as well. So just because Dry January is finished doesn't mean you can't have whatever non or low alcohol drinks you want and you don't have to settle for a lower or worse sports venue or a worse sport football watching experience you can get everything you want whether you want to have alcohol drinks low alcohol drinks you've got it all at a green king pub so if ollie comes in after van hal yeah i think a lot of those younger players that are now 26 27 28 probably end up better yeah i think i think solskjaer is a more natural successor to the football Van Gaal was trying to bring than Mourinho was. Yeah. And also the thing that I still am very, very annoyed about is when Mourinho came in, he tore up, he got, he did ask Man United to like just get rid of all their player tracking data. So that's why United still experience some fitness problems because they're still trying to catch up. Jeez. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's, it'd be funny if it wasn't so, so <laughs> tragic. Um, well, it's actually a little bit about Ten Hag because mm-hmm. there's sort of question marks and I think you've mentioned about his communication skills and some people look at it and go, he lacks a bit of maybe a charisma, for mm-hmm. want of a better word. He's, he doesn't seem the warmest guy at times, and maybe he might struggle to get his point across. We've had various reports that maybe that's happened in training or whatever. What do you make of that? Do you think that is a hindrance to him, his communication skills? Do you think that is an issue? This is one that I've thought about a lot this season. Yeah, I wrote about it in The Athletic. Mm. Uh, and again, I've asked 10 different people, and I've got 10 different answers. So, so I wrote this piece in The Athletic because we heard we heard a re- we heard that certain players were growing disgruntled with Ten Hag's team meetings so Ten Hag has more tactical team meetings compared to his pr- two predecessors permanent pre- pre- predecessors I'd say um, and some players perhaps weren't responding well to it they think they go on for too long or they think they're just too many and I went okay fine um went to Manchester United, Manchester United said, okay, well, most team meetings are 20 minutes long, sometimes they can go to 40 minutes, which is fine. Uh, And then when I I took all this and I went, all right, well, let me see if this, how does this compare to Ten Hag's time at Ajax? Uh, And the answer is, yeah, the same complaints were being had at Ajax, right? So when Ten Hag comes, so Ten Hag is not an Ajax, former Ajax player. He, He never played for Ajax, he's not from Amsterdam, He's from the German border, so his accent compared to most compared to most Dutch people compared to most Dutch people who are on TV talking about football, Ten Hag sounds odd. It'd be like if uh, it'd be as if Chelsea had a manager with a Bristol accent. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So there was so when he yeah. first he arrived in December in, in December two thousand. I want to say two thousand seventeen. You were partway through the first season. So there were all these jokes about, what's up with this German-sounding hokey bold man who's trying to play transition-based football at Ajax? We're all about possession game. Um, and uh, he's, he's not very charismatic. He's a bit odd. He yeah. doesn't really care too much about Johan Cruyff or, or the principles of Ajax football. Yeah. And then what happened? Started winning, didn't they? Yeah. And then everything was forgiven. And then his meticulous attention to detail and team meetings all became good reasons. So he, when he talks about rules and he talks mm. about discipline and he talks about process, these are all things he talks about loads in Dutch as well. I've watched 
quite a few of his interviews in Dutch. This are, is he more charismatic in Dutch? I'm going, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he's not more charismatic in Dutch. He, he's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. The, and I think the interesting thing here was last season. No, I don't think he was very charismatic last season. I don't think he was any more or less charismatic than no, he was last I, season. I agree. It's just the team was winning. Yeah. And, and I write this down in the piece. Um, very often, the difference between tedium and tactics is the consequence. So if, this, if you are a, in anything you're doing in a work of life, if someone's telling you to, to pay special attention to something that you think is really, really boring or small, and you do it, and it works out well, you're like, oh, that person's a genius. Yeah, Paying yeah. attention to the really mm. small things is actually really important. But if they go, yeah, you gotta do this and pay attention to this really, really particular thing, do this beforehand, and then you do it, and then you don't win, win, in air yeah, quotes, yeah. then you can get a bit miffed. And I think that is what's happened in, I think that's one of the big changes between this season and last season, is that Ten Hag's trying to play the same football as he played last season. It's just, it's, it's hard to do it when most of your best players are injured. Yeah. So therefore, the repetition that he does, not only in press conferences, but in press conferences and interviews and in other places, probably gets a bit green. There's been times where I've been sat there going, he's gonna talk about the rules again, isn't he? <laughs> he's gonna talk about <laughs> principles again. Um, do, do you know Brian's Gun on Twitter? Yeah, love him. So Brian's Gun, love him. Brian's Gun did a fantastic one about clip about Ten Hag, which is all the times Ten Hag talks about stick to the plan. Yeah, we stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. We bounce back, and I, yeah. so I've probably been, been in most of those rooms when he talks <laughs> about stick to the plan. <laughs> and you know, if you've just lost three 0 against Man City, like, oh, he's always going on about the plan. Yeah. It's not working. Yeah. It's not working. No. But if you beat, but if you say we stick, we won. If you say we won because we stuck to the plan, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, consequence is the difference between tactics and tedium, and I think any complaints about Ten Hag's communication style now isn't because he's, do, he's communicating any better or worse than he was last season. It's because the team wasn't winning, yeah. I, in my opinion. You should read that article on The Athletic and tell me if I've got this completely wrong. Um, but that is, that is what I've learned. And again, every time I try and f hear anything about Ten Hag, I always try and back it up with something I know or something I will try and teach myself from his time at Ajax. I, will, I often go back to, to my Dutch journalist friends or sometimes I even go back to Amsterdam and just go, it's work it's work related I've got to do some more research you've been there five times this month yeah I've oh, got the link to Brian Robbie I've got to go what was, yeah. the, what was the situation was there a time when he could have gone to Spurs was, so was there this is an interesting there? because one. I didn't even realise that until I think you wrote yeah. about it so this is yeah. an interesting one and this one it did not get reported by The Athletic it did get reported in The Telegraph uh, partway through last season so this is a very good example of how very how quickly things change. So uh, when Manchester United beat Antonio Conte Spurs 2-0 at Old Trafford, do you remember this game? That was one of my favourite games in recent memory. Right. I so thought the football was mint, the atmosphere was great, we were in control of the game. Completely, I thought Lloris had a really good game, actually. So, it could have so, been a lot worse. So that game, in my opinion, was is, is the best was the best game United played last season. I agree. And, and yeah, that I game, I, I watched that one. It was a rare game where I didn't actually sit in the press box. I sat watching it with fans. Uh, and I heard loads of fans go, I'm so glad we got Ten Hag over Conte. Over, I'm so glad we got Ten Hag over Conte. I'm so glad we got Conte over Pochettino. Uh, and The Telegraph ran a report saying that when they were looking for a 
post Mourinho manager, Eric Ten Hag was interviewed. Uh, and this, this interview process got to it pretty close to one of the final stages, on, yeah. uh, you know, more, at least more than one interview. Um, and there were some reservations over his command of English. Uh, there were reservations over his command of English. And so they decided to go in another route and they eventually they ended up with Nuno. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Again, you talk to Tom Hotspur about that, and I'm like, mm, nah, not really. We, we just, we looked at him because he was an impressive manager, but we decided to go somewhere else because of XYZ. We've, I've asked this question to people at Manchester United, and Manchester United went, we don't think that's what happened. Uh, something that's also very important is that Ten Hag signed a contract extension at Ajax that summer as well so it could be financial based as well right. mm. again uh, you ask Spurs about it they're like mm, no it's probably the fact that he signed a new contract you, you ask someone who doesn't like Spurs like oh they've they flubbed getting Ten Hag because they pretended his English wasn't great mm. um, now what's really interesting is now Tottenham have and Postacoglu the most charismatic football manager in the Premier League, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got a great communicator. Yeah. So, the again, when United are going through a slump in form, the communications or the stories or the things you're hearing is that actually Tom Hotspur were right all along about Ten Hag and they, they were correct to not pick him up. And now Manchester United are left and lurch with this uncharismatic manager. You're like, well, just a, like a year ago, you were saying they missed out on Ten Hag. So which one is it? And again, the answer is, is your team winning? Spurs yeah. are winning. Spurs it's are winning more games than Man United. So then things changed. I know. I know. Probably skipping ahead a little bit. But when he's t- when he's mentioning about how differently things are viewed when the team's winning, when the team isn't, it's the exact same thing that I said to you in terms of the Rashford situation, with his him going out and his night out and the, and the Ireland situation is. I feel like it would have been responded to differently if the team was winning and he was scoring goals and he wasn't have the the poor form that he was in this season. So I kind of it fits into a line the kind of narrative that he's putting out where it's like. Things are just viewed differently depending on how bad the situation is. So, like, yeah. if you are winning games and everything's rosy, you don't really pick up on them things as v- much. Winning is the greatest cure. Yeah. Winning is the greatest cure for all elements. Um, and, and something I come back to a lot is uh, you ever have these? Every now and again, you get like a, a saying stuck in your head, like, "Oh wow, which like famous thinker said this?" And you look it up, and like, "Oh, it's like Homer Simpson." Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, one thing I, I always remember, I always use is uh, just because you're right doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the right thing. Right, okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really deep yeah, that's thought. that's quite profound. Uh, it's from Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Tyrion. It's Tyrion to Jon Snow. Well, it's, it's, uh, it goes, sounds accurate, it goes, to just, be because, yeah. just because you're right doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. And yeah. very often, I think you can flip it, which is just because you're not doing anything wrong doesn't mean something doesn't look bad. Yeah. Uh, and I think that happens a lot in football as well, where there are two or three instances with football players like, okay, what you've done here isn't wrong per se, but it is a bad look. Yeah, yeah optics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, optics. Yeah, optics yeah, is the big nah, one. It's, and, and it's massive, yeah. that. And like, the, the one with optics that certain outlets think about, you know, are, are very good at putting on their back page is, 
look at this football player from a working class background. Look how much money they've spent on a car or Don't a get watch. How dare they spend money? Yeah. Which is, again, did the football player do anything wrong by buying a watch or buying a car or buying a house? No. Could that be construed as bad optics? Maybe. It just depends on who is doing the looking. Yeah. Um, and you, you get into the situation of should you live your life quiet, more quietly? Should you live your life in a quieter, more restrained way because people are deliberately going to take you in bad faith? And that is at various football players' discretion. Mm, yeah. Right. That was a sidetrack. That's just a couple of question. things before I let you go. Yeah. Um, any indication? From sort of, you touched on it earlier about Ineos's feelings towards Tanag. Is it still up in the air? Do we have any sort of? Do you feel get the impression that he's here for the long haul, or is it going to take stock I, in the summer? Is there, heard, has there been anything? I've you, heard no indication about this. I, uh, I, I'll, 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 I'll give you a joke here. I'll yeah. tell you a fun little story. Uh, so you know, I'm on Talk of the Levels, the Athletic United podcast. Go with Laurie, shout out by the way, Andy, Hugh, Mitten, Andy Mitten, Ian, Ian Irvin. Yeah, uh, and after a disappointing result for for United, I said, if you want to be really mean about things, Eric Ten Hag is an interim manager right now. He's interviewing for his own job. I said, that's if you want to be really really mean about it. Boom. This is Monday. Went out on Tuesday. Then on Thursday, a certain former Premier League football player. Uh, ran a headline in their column, Eric Ten Hag is the interim manager, uh, and put this out on Twitter. Uh, I, I, so I had the first thing about drinking my tea going, wait, didn't I say that? And then watching said former Premier League football player get absolutely hammered on Twitter for saying it, I was like, I didn't say that. Maybe <laughs> Imagine saying that. <laughs> did you quote, I mean, did you yeah. quote Twitter go, what's yeah. the nonsense? What are you on about? No. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have no indication as to whether or not Ineos want to remove Eric Ten Hag. Yeah. Uh, again, I think it's all about consequence right now. Yeah. If yeah. Ten Hag finishes the season strong and Manchester United end up finding a way into fifth place and having a deep FA Cup run, this isn't even a question, is it? Yeah, no. I, I, I kind of do agree with, with that with that premise though. I think, it is, I think it is a six, I think he is entering a period where whether he keeps a job or not just depends on how he ends the season because you can't have this big almost revamp that Ineos are doing where they seem to be very hands-on where they aren't, haven't got it in the back of their minds being, would I want to appoint my own manager, almost. So, so Eric Tanao's contract expires at the end of 2025. I believe he has got mm. the option for another year, as is the fashion at Manchester United. Yeah, I love um, that. <laughs> now, if you are, if I, you know, put on a new hat and play a hypothetical game, you basically come in and you look at Tanag and you go, you talk to everyone at Neil's going, mm. is he the man? Is, is he the person you want to keep to the end of this contract? And if the answer is yes, you go to Ten Hag, what do you need to do a title challenge in your final season? And then you do everything in your power to make sure he has all the tools to make a title challenge in his final year of his contract. Yeah. If you get to the end of the summer and you talk to everyone in the else and you go, is he our man? And they go, no. You then do what I said ages ago when Steve was on yeah, and I said, what you should do, and I think the best thing you should do is go, you you pick a good bottom half manager in the Premier League, like say, Thomas Frank. Yeah. And then you get all your people in the room uh, and then you get a whiteboard and go, Thomas Frank, why can't he be Manchester United manager? And then you just listen to all the reasons why Thomas Frank can't do it and you put him on a whiteboard. So Thomas Frank, why do you think he can't be a Man United manager? You wait, sorry, <sighs> Thomas Frank, do you think he could be Man United manager next season? 
Yeah, I'm, if I'm Thomas Frank, I'm saying yeah. You're not Thomas Frank. You're the person hiring okay. Thomas Frank. Um, I'd say no. Why yeah, not? I agree. Give me a reason. Because I think it's all about it's all about steps. I think from a visual point of view, the gap between managing Brentford to managing United might be seen as too big. It's the same way. It's the same. It's the same. It's almost the same preface that United used towards their transfers. Mm -hmm. In okay, terms, so I take, I'll take the thing you said yeah. there. Uh, the jump is too big. Yeah. Put that on a yeah. whiteboard. Yeah. Thomas Frank, would you hire him as Man United manager? I don't think so. Why not? I don't. Th I think some of the players might look at his CV and not respect him. Okay, players won't respect his CV, and I'll just go around the room with Ineos and then write down all the reasons as to why Thomas Frank could not be Manchester United manager next season. And I go, there's your list. How many of those? could be solved by hiring people around Thomas Frank. Um, well, right, so, yeah. so if one of the reasons is Thomas Frank can't pick a player, should, Tom, should the Manchester United play, manager be picking players? No, not really. Go hire someone to do that. Yeah. And I think that should be the thing of, you look at Eric Ten Hag, should Eric Ten Hag be the manager next season? Yes or no? And if you say no, write down all the reasons Eric Ten Hag shouldn't be the manager, and then look at it and go, is that actually the manager's problem? Yeah. Why shouldn't Eric Ten Hag be managing United? He spent 86 million on Anthony. Can that be solved by putting someone next to Ten Hag going, no, no, you're going to get this player instead? Yeah. And also, right. Thomas Frank might be a, a manager that. Um, so I picked. Yeah. So I picked Thomas Frank because the idea is you pick someone who is good but kind of average, and then you just pick you solve all the problems that would stop Thomas Frank, and then you go out and get a manager better than Thomas Frank. Right. And then they come in and then you've already solved all of the smaller issues that someone else has solved. So that's, that's another way you can do it. That sounds very sort of like you joined up thinking. I don't know. Mate, hopefully maybe mate, the, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, new, read, the new I've regime. Might, I've read all these know. blue sky things. Yeah, books. I've, I've read all these. It certainly doesn't seem like the United of old. I've, I've, read, I've read all about Brailsford and Team Sky <laughs> and all that. Marginal gains. Yeah. Marginal gains. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. you go from Mandarin Tanaka, who's been accused of, of nepotism when it comes to Dutch players, and you go to Thomas Frank, who... They say he just loves. He loves no, no, He loves the Nordic no, players. No, he loves the players. Yeah. So, but then again, <laughs> but then again, that's a problem yeah. that can be solved by hiring someone else, right? That's not necessarily a manager problem. That's a structure problem. Yeah. You know, mm. you've no, no. I've been told not to compare football to dating anymore. I would ask Carl this as well because. It's funny we're talking about it. You, you mentioned to me even off camera about the level of detail that goes into like the data team, the stats team, and the scouting, etc. So, what is it that makes certain clubs have an affinity towards like sometimes the nationality of a certain player? Because people say Wolves and Portugal, Portuguese Wolves players. Wolves and Portugal is, is an agent link. Um, um, Wolves and Portugal is an agent link. Uh, some Real Madrid and Brazil is a scouting link. So they have a f they have a fantastic scouting network in Brazil. They've also got just their head scout understands yeah. Brazil on a cultural level. Uh, there's a re oh, I'm sorry, I, I forget his name. Uh, there's a piece on ESPN. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a guess. If you Google Real Madrid scout, ESPN, Endrick, yeah. you'll probably get this piece about how Real, Real are very good at how they got Vinicius, how they got Endrick, and how they keep getting Brazilian players. Because pretty much one person who, when he makes the pitch to Brazilian players, gets it on a cultural level. So it's not just, I'm bringing player mum and dad, it's, Where's your aunt and uncle? Where's the extended family? Yeah. I'm going to fly all of you out to, to Madrid. Have you got luggage? Let me see your luggage. Okay, here's brand new luggage for your family because your luggage is kind of, you know, your grandma's luggage. If you are above the age of 60, 
in Brazil, your luggage might not be the greatest. You might not travel that much. You might be a bit knackered. And it, like he thinks about mm. those things right. on a. This is how Brazilians work. This is how you woo Brazilians. Basically, yeah. these, these are the colloquial terms to talk to Brazilian. You know, the, the colloquial terms of Portuguese that Brazilian Portuguese people speak. So when I talk to them, they're gonna understand it a bit more than let's say if Barcelona take their person from Lisbon. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's how certain countries get good at. at, at scouting also like managerial preference uh, one thing I will write towards the end of my career when I just want to get retired and stop being sued uh, is uh, if you want to understand a manager very very well look at all the players they've bought across their career um, one final question before I let you go we've got to talk about Kobe Mane mm-hmm. I know we touched on it briefly at the beginning of the, the podcast I mean Running out of words to describe him, Carl. I don't know how, how you're getting on. How many nicknames do you have? Oh, no, 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 no nicknames. It's just. Stop for Sado. Stop for Sado. Oh, yeah, 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 I like that. Fabregas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. It was one I heard this morning. Uh, so I will. Uh, something we've, done, we've started doing a lot more at the Athletic is we do closer to on whistle match reports now. Yeah. So uh, after the Wolves, Laurie went away. Laurie was at Molyneux and he did a piece overnight that went out this morning, whereas I had to get a piece out pretty much as close to the full-time whistle. So That it, must have been that easy then. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, many, yeah, yeah I was going to say that one. You have to do on yeah. that one. This, this will go down as when I, when I do, I, I sometimes lecture students going, this is how hard match reports can be. So it's, United go in at half-time, 2-0, two and, all, two and all up. I'm like, great. This is one of Man United's best performances. It turns out actually having Martinez Casemiro and everyone back fit is great. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. Feeling good, feeling cruising. Writing a bit, writing a little bit about Hoyland's getting three goals in three games and it's been assisted. Great, two one. Okay, I'm gonna just take five minutes here. I'm gonna just write a couple of sentences about Anana just in case. Yeah. Gets to three, three one. I'm like, okay, cool. We can just get back to writing a nice conclusion about how it was a bit nervy, but in the end, Manchester United are fine. Three two. Okay. Fine. Gonna just add a little bit about how even though Man United have Martinez and Casemiro and Shaw back, still they've still got they've yeah. still got the same weaknesses on set pieces and it's three three. And I was like, oh you, you. <sighs> delete four hundred words, write a brand new concluding chapter about how even though all the players are back, United are still United and boom 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 yeah. boom 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 and then Manu scores. And you were up and down running around the room. Yep, I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah. So the problem you get there is, I want to do what you did. Yeah, I have to stay in control to write 300 new words about Menu and fit that in after the Hoyland section. Yeah, and I'm doing I'm this. Admire, I'm, like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just writing, and I'm going, oh my god, it's full of so many typos. I just got to do this, and I've got to do this and get this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, I, I want to just write. There was a bit where I was writing about Menu, and I forgot to take caps lock off because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, he's just so good. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, we, we got there in the end. We got there in the end. I got to write a nice conclusion about this game. And, you, you know, I, I, I've often talked about how I hate watching Wolves versus Man United because I find those games dull yeah. and how those games are always decided by one goal. This one was decided by one goal, but, but what a goal. I know, what and it was a yeah, thriller in the end. It was. It was like the opposite. Like you say, usually Wolves versus United, it's 0-0, 1-1 all, or 2-1 or 1-0. It was good. When I you mean, see, when you, you see Mania was, though, a 6 or an 8? This is a fun question, yeah. right? In he was playing as an eight yesterday. Casemiro was the deepest one. I think Casemiro now, thirty-one. I mean, Casemiro's never been the most press-resistant player in deeper areas, so that's always been something you have to remedy by the person next to him. Maynard is more press-resistant. Um, 
this might sound ridiculous, and part of it will go down to mainly his physical conditioning because mm. he. There are times, and especially in the second half, where you're going, you're looking a little leggy. And mm. I saw and after the Spurs game, Roy Keane said he needs to understand the benefit of just standing still. Yeah, three mm. three times. I think Manu is an eight, and you've got just a demon of a ball winner next mm. to him could work really well. Think about Manu as sort of like. Sorry to compare Liverpool to Man United, but if you think of it as Fabinho for Liverpool and Thiago, that's, you know, if, if Manu, Manu can be your Thiago, you want to get a Fabinho-style player next yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, but I think he can also work as a six. There, there are, he's got a, a sort of one-touch pass that, again, will sound ridiculous. Busquets used to do that. I'm not saying Manu's going to be Busquets level good, but he's got bits in there. He's got bits in his play really going, an 18 year old shouldn't, shouldn't have that knowledge. That's a, you yeah. only learn that at 26. You only learn at 27. He's not the quickest. He's not the strongest. Those will be held against him, and that might be why he has to be a box to box player rather than number six. But, I mean, he's, he's, I mean if, you're a, if you're a United accountant, if you're Ineos right now, you're going, thank God for that. We don't have to spend yeah, 60 save the million. Money. Yeah. We don't have to spend 60 million on another midfielder this summer because we've got him. Yeah. Right? Mainly so man. good, we're not lamenting about how. Injured Mason Mount's been this season. Yeah, he's mm. almost, almost. Oh yeah, almost, almost forgot a man. No, Mason Mount <laughs> no, he has like man. think about all the sort of the attention and the the, the Mount's the another player that I'm a bit concerned because he had he had a problem with his pubic bone. Don't laugh. Um, anyone that gets injured in the hips, I'm always concerned about because you know once you do your hip, all the muscles connected. Yeah, mm. they start. You know, you, you can't work out your quads, you can't work out your hamstrings, you can't work out your calves because you just sat there waiting for your hip to heal. So, mm. I know, I know Mount hurt that part of his body uh, at Chelsea and I think he's having some related problems there I think it's a calf injury now but he's back on the exercise bike and will be nearing grass soon I, I question for you go on everyone is fit yep everyone is fit and everyone is match sharp as they say because of the difference between being match fit and match sharp um, and I go get Mason Mountain into that starting lineup. where do you put him I have to play him. You have to play him. For I, some reason, yeah. you have to get Mason Mount into the starting lineup. Everyone is fit and everyone is match sharp. That's where horrible. Would you, right where, now. That, right, that where right would now. you put him? Right now, if that if I have to. Go on, I'll let you go first. I I, I put him at... Who are you dropping? I'd honestly probably drop Casemiro. I'm going to say the same. I don't want Interesting. to. Interesting. So I don't Casemiro want to. Mount... I don't think pivot. that I, I'd go... I'd drop Casemiro um, and then I'd probably... I know it's not ideal, but you've made me do this. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably have um, Manu. Six. Six. Mount eight. Mount eight. Bruno, sort of, ten. Yeah, yes. Yeah. This is a four one, four one. Yeah. I've I currently, I've not. That's what I'd, I'd do. But that's because you've, you've told us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if he's fit, if he's fit, I still think the team from the Wolves game starts. Yeah, I've, I think the team that started Wolves is the strongest line. Yeah, I do. I don't know if I've seen the eight capabilities in, in Mason Mount yet, you know. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about it. I still feel like when I've seen him, he looks to me to be sometimes... He's the final third. Do you think given versatility, sometimes being a utility player or having that type of versatility can be almost be like a blessing and a curse almost? Because when you look at Mount, it's like, I think he's that space in between being an eight and a winger. He's and a, a ten. He's a half space boy. I think he's like he's a half space. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Everything. 
I like about him happens in the final third. <clears throat> One reason why coaches love him is because of how defensively active he is in the final third. Yeah, good press, really. Yeah. Um, I did a video on Tifa about him, about, you know, here's why Liverpool are interested, here's why Arsenal are interested. I, I did that video with no idea United were going for him. And then when they did, I went, huh? All right. Mount in a deeper position next to Casemiro doesn't make as much sense yeah. as Mount in a midfield three with Fabinho and Thiago or someone from yeah. Liverpool. Or, you know, Mount next to Declan Rice makes a lot of sense because Declan Rice, in my opinion, is phenomenal at stopping counterattacks. It made less sense at Man United in that deeper position, but it's happened. And then you found out he played in Eredivisie a bit. That was the thing. That's exactly what happened. The test boy. Yeah, like, what's going on here? This is a bit of a left field. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then then that that kind of disappointed me a bit. I thought, oh, he's done it again. He's done it again. Ten Hag often uses the word dynamic with Mount because he's very dynamic. He says he can be a complete midfielder. And I got the sense all through preseason and stuff, early parts of the season, went, oh, you're really high on him. You're seeing something that we're not. And you think he has the potential to, to play in this deeper role. And then you watch the Wolves go and he's not in a deeper role. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, he did. He was better against Spurs in the first half. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't think Mount Casemiro and Bruno work as a three. Yeah. My yeah. one, I do oh. think if you have to use Mount, which is up to debate, you could try him on the right wing. But oh. you gotta make sure your right back gets up and down and on the other. Yeah, Alejandro getting dropped. I agree. I think <laughs> I, I feel like he's a he's like an almost an inside yeah, tennis winger. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's almost like if you was playing a striker and you had like you played like an like Christmas tree. R-A-M, if you uh, played a, if tree, you played yeah. a Christmas tree, Mount is one of those behind the striker. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, usually you do get injuries as well. You know, just yeah, in a yeah, curious yeah. position yeah. at the minute. Where over the Mount, I think we're pretty much at full strength. But if you know, if it is anyone from a Garnacho to a yeah, Bruno yeah. to a Casemiro to a Manu, then maybe there's a spot straight in a team for him and it's not as big an issue. But yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Carl, thanks for that. I could carry on, man. It's just Tal. <laughs> I've also been real. Let's watch for we've been we've kept you here for ages. Uh, go and check out Carl uh, Talking the Devils as well. It's him, Andy Mitten, Laurie Whitwell, and Ian Irving. Great podcast. That such a good balance. Uh, you did a few live shows as well, didn't you? Did a few live shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, there'll be some live shows somewhere in the world. Yeah. This year, we just need to figure out mm. Amsterdam. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're over there anyway with your, all the work you're doing. Yeah. Uh, go and check out his writing on The Athletic as well. Big thank you to Green King Sport for sponsoring this podcast. That's been Ronaldo Brown. That's been Kyle Anker. I've been Jay Moy. This has been Off the Bar. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.